0: San Francisco Ballet's Meet the Artist Podcast. In this episode, you'll hear dancer and choreographer Miles Thatcher in conversation with dance educator Mary Wood. This interview was recorded on May 4th, 2018, before a performance of Unbound B. Hope you enjoy.
1: So I'm going to start by saying good evening, everybody. Welcome. And um, we're getting settled in, and you know you can be as close as you can find a seat because you have plenty of time to go back to your ticketed seats. So welcome to what is one of the very last Meet the Artist interviews for this season. Welcome to, let's see, this is the closing night of program B of the incredible Unbound Festival of New Works. I'm Mary Wood for the San Francisco Ballet. I'm just really pleased to see so many of you, be here with you this evening, and it should probably just go without saying how tickled I am that I'm going to be in conversation tonight with Miles Thatcher.
0: Thanks for having me, Mary. <laughs> you. Hello.
1: So, um, you know, these things happen very mysteriously, and I've had Miles on my wish list
0: for years. Have we done this before?
1: I can't remember that I'm you and sure I have. I'm not sure if we have. No?
0: Nope. Oh, well, great. This is a special moment. <laughs>
1: so, we've been longing for this. Um, so, we have all kinds of things we could talk about, and obviously, we want to talk about the Unbound Festival and its impact. We want to talk about your work, which you will get to see tonight. And um, other things. So, I just wanted to, um, in case any of you have emerged from under a rock, um, fill you in. Miles um, has been a member of the company since I think it's 2010. You spent a year as an apprentice. Prior to that, you were a trainee, and that was a pretty significant time for you. Um, And then Miles emerged as this extraordinarily promising choreographer. This is your fourth work for the main company.
0: Yeah, I think it's my third, third of an evening-length work, uh, and then I also uh, did a gala piece oh, and right, then a right. few pas for the Eric Brun competition, and um, a few pieces mm-hmm. were in Stern Grove. So, yeah, it's been a it's been a great nine years so far. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it sure has. And then um, just to uh, to. Give you um, the heaping of accolades, one of the great things that you got to do, and you can describe it more accurately, the Rolex Award that gave you the opportunity to work as um, in a mentor relationship with Alexei Radmansky.
0: Yeah. Uh, so this is so Rolex, the watch company. Actually, I'm wearing I'm wearing my Rolex today. <laughs> I'm like this old thing. No. So Rolex, uh, uh, which is the watch company that we all know and love, thanks to you know our airports, it's every clock in the airport, um, has a really beautiful philanthropic program in the arts and sciences. And um, so I was nominated to apply to this program. Uh, and basically, it takes uh, seven different art disciplines. Um, and every two years, uh, makes a pairing in each art di- dis- discipline between um, a mentor and a protege, as they call them. So um, I kind of made it through the cut to study with Alexei Rotmansky, who is the uh, his title is choreographer in residence at American Ballet Theatre, but uh, he's former director of Bol- Bolshoi Ballet and um, a really incredible person. And we've seen his work here with Shostakovich trilogy and Carnival of the animals and I think a few foreign, other things foreign lands foreign lands yeah he's Bunches. yeah you guys we've we've seen his work and he's he's really great so um basically they they funded a year of work together for us so I kind of I traveled with him and shadowed him and um, they allowed me to they also sponsored uh, me to make work as well so uh it's been a really Great relationship with uh, both Alexi and the program.
1: That's just fantastic, and um, so very fortunate. <laughs> just really lucky for a young, up-and-coming yeah, yeah. choreographer. And that's going to kind of um, segue a little bit into the fact that you are still a very active dancer with the <laughs> yeah. company. And I don't quite know where you find the brain to choreograph as well as keep yourself going as a dancer. And why don't we just lead right into the Mm -hmm. Unbound season and the Unbound festival. Um, You have had the remarkable experience of being on both sides of the room. You are one of these 12 remarkable choreographers, and you've also danced in two of the ten pieces. Mm -hmm. And so why don't we start with those before we actually start talking about your work?
0: Um, I'm not sure I have much of a brain left after these two weeks, but that's quite all right with me. Um, I'm dancing in Annabelle Lopez Ochoa's um, Guernica, as well as Alonso King's The Collective Agreement, uh, which um, I think... I feel really fortunate to be on both sides of the coin for this festival, as in, um, you know, I was able to spend so much time with the dancers as a dancer, going through and observing all of these other choreograph choreographers' ex- uh, processes and experiences, um, and kind of being able to pick what I like from everybody and learn from them. And, um, and, and at the same time, as a choreographer, uh, just hang out with the other 11, which has been really great. Everybody, all of the choreographers have been amazingly supportive of each other. Um, and I had a bit less free time than they did uh, just because they were here only to choreograph, and I, you know, when I wasn't choreographing, I was going to the studio with some other uh, choreographers. But um, I think everybody has really formed this beautiful bond after these, however many weeks we're—I don't even know what at this point—but um, uh, it's been really, it's been really fun. It's been a really cool experience, and I think this is something that um, you know. There's there's a little Facebook message group that we all have, sharing pictures, and it's it's been really awesome. Um, so, uh, and I had also met Annabelle because we were on as choreographers on the same program at Joffrey Ballet in 2015, maybe. Um, and I love her. I think she's super clear and and very fiery and passionate, um, but also very um, intentional with her work, which I really love. Uh, and I think we just clicked in the studio, and it, and I had a really great time. Uh, dancing with her, and my partner Julia, who is also intentional, yet fiery. She's just amazing. Um, pause quickly, yes. that
1: is program number... That is program
0: uh, C. C? C. And
1: yeah. that's going... And that's going time.
0: tomorrow morning, so I'll be back
1: maybe afternoon, tomorrow Maybe afternoon. Actually, yes. <laughs>
0: it's going to be morning to me, because I'm probably going to wake up at 11. And come in. <laughs> no. so, um, yeah,
1: Yeah, you can come back and see that program one more time uh, tomorrow afternoon, and you can see. Yeah, and but, so that,
0: that ballet is inspired by uh, the Picasso painting Guernica, um, which is a reflection on the Spanish Civil War, um, and uh, it, it was really interesting how Annabelle tackled both um, the content of the painting but also the painting itself in 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 the way she came into the studio and she said i 'm going to try and make cubism into a ballet so so it 's been really interesting to see how she kind of fractured her original ideas of the movement into all of this cubist ways that I think is really clear when you watch the piece. I mean, I haven't watched it. I've danced it the whole time. But as I watch everybody else in the piece, it's very clear. Um, and then the other uh, choreographer I got to dance for was Alonzo King, who is somebody who's a staple in the Bay Area. Um, he's the director of Lions Ballet and founder. And um, I've been watching his work since I've come here. I think I saw his work for the first time in Stern Grove, which was, you know, extra beautiful just because it was outside and his work is so earthy and organic and um, kinetic and cosmic. I don't, you know, all of these beautiful things. So it was really fun to um, experience his process and hear what he had to say about dance and life and all of those fun things. And then uh, to be able to work with him for three weeks and then put this on the stage was really amazing.
1: So um, in 25 words or less, your elevator speech... as a choreographer, were mm-hmm. you able to, while you were learning the steps and being a performer, were you also able to tuck away things about being a choreographer that you learned from either of them?
0: Yes, always. <laughs> I mean, I think I, think I, I owe a, a lot to my own processes. To being in San Francisco Ballet as a dancer, um, I think Helgi, our director, has made... A mission to um, keep the importance of commissioning new work Uh, and I think everybody who's come in whether you know sometimes the experience is great sometimes I see things that I would change and I'm always you know not taking notes on paper but keeping things in my head saying I like the way he did that I like the way she did this um, I'm gonna keep that I'm not gonna do that ever uh, you know, so I think it's been—I it, I really owe a lot to being a dancer uh, to my development as a choreographer.
1: So let's move on to um, the sort of the premise of the Unbound Festival, yeah. the the breadth of it. Um, you've already alluded to the excitement of just being with all these mm-hmm. other choreographers. So that's very specific. Mm-hmm. But just how this festival has affected the dance community here, the company, and how it might really be taking us forward, if it does. Yeah,
0: so I think, I think the really special thing about this festival, um, it's really, I, you know, I'm not sure if it has been done to commission 12 new works for a company all premiering within one week. Usually, you know, we do maybe three works over a whole season. Um, and I think inviting that many choreographers to be able to create um, has really especially on the we were we were prompted by Helgi to um, basically envision where where we want to push the boundaries of ballet Um, and I think the sheer mass of new work that we have has kind of taken the pressure off of everybody so we could take risks of what we might not have seen in this theater before, and I think that is what 's brilliant about this festival that each choreographer has pushed themselves mm-hmm. and also pushed the work that they 're creating to something that 's new because there 's not the pressure of having you know one commission that has to be successful, therefore has to you know pay for itself over the next three years, and, and all of these these kind of um, technicalities that that we can feel when mm-hmm. we're commissioned by a company, and so um, that's that's been really special and fun. I mean, as you'll see, and as if you've been to, yeah, if you've been uh, to the festival thus far, there's just been a lot of everything. Feels very different from each other, which I think mm-hmm. is pretty mm-hmm. incredible.
1: Show of hands, how many of you have seen other of the Unbound programs? So Yay. most of this wow. audience is just. <laughs> really Great. doing their work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, another question I'm going to ask right now since we're doing this is um, how many of you were able to take in any of the boundless panel discussions last weekend? So a fair number. Yeah. Okay, so as we're talking, mm-hmm. those folks are going to be able to relate a little bit to some of the more theoretical stuff that yeah. was discussed. Yeah. But um, so so the festival really has... Given individual choreographers this mm-hmm. slight sense of freedom that you yeah, have alluded yeah. to and has um, oh well it 's been pretty stimulating let 's just yeah. say
0: I, I also think I think it 's really important for um, even the diversity of the choreographers to come and all make different mm-hmm. stories mm-hmm. is really important to develop the diversity of the audience that feels. They are invited to the opera house, and I think that's something that's also been really exciting, seeing you know a n- real international group of choreographers from all of these different backgrounds and mm-hmm. all of these different visions. Really, because mm-hmm. we've all been prompted mm-hmm. the same thing, and everybody's work ended up looking and feeling so vast and different. And I, th- I honestly think um, whether this is your first time to the ballet or whether you've been coming since you were a kid seeing Nutcracker, there's something for everybody in this festival, and that's something that's really impressive to me.
1: And walking through the lobby during intermissions, I will say I've seen a remarkable cross-section of Great. our city. Yeah. And in in any description of diversity you want to come up with, it's been really amazing how many people have come. So that's a good thing. Yeah.
0: Thank you guys I mean, oh, yeah. for showing up. <laughs>
1: um, so you accepted the challenge. You accepted uh-huh. the <laughs> And you want to talk about how your piece grew?
0: Yeah, I would love to. Okay. Um, so I really set out to tell a story first and foremost um, uh, and I wanted to tackle some themes that have a lot of, I think there's a lot of um, humanity to them and a lot of depth to them and so I wanted to try and find a simple way to present, to present it. So I took a lot of inspiration from people like um, the Brothers Grimm and dr Seuss and and all of these like oversimplified ways of telling a complex story and and telling uh, telling us something about ourselves um, and and you 'll see for as I think whimsical as the piece gets, it also gets equally as dark and human, which is something that I really love about it because it presents itself maybe as something that it doesn 't end up being. Um, I, I, I really wanted to tackle themes of, obviously, otherness, which is the title of the ballet, um, and for anybody who has felt otherized by society, but specifically with identity and how we um, find community with each other. I think over the past few years, I'm seeing our country more divided than ever, and I'm seeing people take identity and there, with um, very specific things, which I think is great to find community, but also at the expense of seeing other people as equals and having empathy for them and seeing themselves in other people. Um, and this is something that I really wanted to talk about with within this ballet. Um, and I think two weeks before I started creating it, um, our president tweeted out a remark that basically was his intention to ban trend, transgendered people from the military which is as somebody from the lgbt community was not so surprising but very disheartening to me and it kind of made me look at us in our society and especially in our ballet world in 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 how inherently gendered ballet is which i i think is you know, beautiful and great, um, but it made me wonder how we as artists can carve out more space for people who might not identify with how we present ourselves. You know, I, you know, I think part of the Unbound Festival is also re- reaching new audiences and taking care of new audiences. So this is something that I felt very passionate about, and uh, I wanted to touch upon.
1: What I'm hearing you say and what clearly comes through in your piece Mm -hmm. is a tension between um, being um, valued for a difference Mm -hmm. but also being valued as finding uh, commonalities. Mm -hmm. And that's an interesting tension. Yeah, yeah. how the heck do you do that
0: oh i don't know no. with ballet
1: with ballet steps
0: <laughs> so yeah so um, i mean it's it's very clear in the story we 've kind of built up two teams and they they are all you know according to defined by the color that they 're wearing. Um, I used the colors pink and blue because I wanted to kind of honor my trans brothers and sisters and my non-binary brothers and sisters and siblings um, that might not have the recognition by our government or our press or the ballet community. Um, but I do want to say that gender issues aside, there are a lot of ways I think we can still feel othered whether it's sounding different, whether it's how we dress, whether it's what religious garments we wear um, and I think it's a very common human experience to feel like um, both, both like we don't fit into society, but also that we have to change ourselves in order to be accepted. And I think that's something that I found very interesting. And also um, that we can feel pressured to marginalize other people in order to keep our strength in our identity. So these are, I mean... It's a lot of things to touch upon. And also, just watch the ballet and experience what you experience. That's my main advice. But uh, uh, these, are, these are a lot of things that I, I, that I just think about a lot in my life and a lot about in my career and something that I really wanted to build a ballet for people who have also felt this way. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, yeah.
1: <laughs> so, um... Going from the more philosophical to the more pragmatic, you um, took the tools that you had, Mm -hmm. starting with some, of course, amazing dancers, and the other tools that we've seen in your choreographic career thus far, which Mm -hmm. is the, um, I won't say tools, the um, skills that Mm -hmm. you have of just moving dancers on stage, which Mm -hmm. I will say you do wonderfully. Thank you. (laughs) And... um, you have other things at your disposal in order to convey the points that you're trying to mm-hmm. make, which are the, some of the production details. And yeah. you've already mentioned pink and blue. Yeah. But a couple of the other elements I think are just fascinating, if you don't mind disclosing them. Sure. Yeah. I've already seen the, them yeah. in you talk about them in the program notes, so I think it's no mm-hmm. spoiler here. But dark glasses yeah. and...
0: Yeah. So I, so I really also wanted to build this little kind of quasi-cartoonish world where um, where nobody except our main character feels quite human. Everybody feels very affected and uh, has very specific mannerisms, which also helps identify the groups from each other. Um, another thing, kind of as we as we moved forward with this, as uh, we we wanted to lose all identifying features of the dancers, which was really <laughs> interesting <laughs> to see on stage because it 's something that I just had never seen um, intentionally done before um, but so everybody 's wearing these 1950s swim caps and these these either Warby Parker or like round children 's glasses, where basically you can 't see the eyeballs of anybody, and you can 't see the hairstyles you can 't see eyebrows you can 't see individuality, everybody really you can barely uh, see gender between the dancers, which I think is really fascinating, um, with the exception of maybe being able to see the point shoes and flesh shoes, but even then they kind of all mask into each other. Um, I think this is I really w- wanted to cover the eyes because I think um, one part of seeing our seeing other people for who they are is really connecting visually through their you know through their eyes, eyes are to the win- our eyes are the window to the soul, um, and also the metaphor of how we can how we can make a decision to see or not see um, people and ourselves and other people and our commonality commonalities as well as our differences. Um, so then, once they start coming off with the main character, we really also get a sense of humanness, which is something that I wanted to almost deprived from you guys for a little bit, which you might feel that way, which is good. So don't, don't worry. Um, and, uh, and, then, and then as they come off, as the glasses come off, we start noticing the individuality within the dancers, which I think is really interesting.
1: Yeah, I will say that this glasses thing was the most effective device. I was really surprised at my response to just not being able to identify Yeah. The dancers. I mean, these are people... Even me,
0: we've been... I've been watching these people in the studio. I know their bodies, like... I know exactly what everybody looks like. And sometimes I'm like, who do I give that note to? Is that Madison or Jim? I'm like, how do I not know, like, even the gender of that person? But it's really... I think it's really... It's really also interesting because there's been a lot of discussion about the ballet because of this ballet. And somebody came up to me and they said, you know, the whole... Like, the whole first half, I was just trying to figure out everybody's gender. And then I realized... (laughs) that that's the point, that you, you know what I mean? Then I realized, Duh. then why am I obsessed with gendering these people that, honestly, it doesn't matter to the storyline what, you know, so I think that's in itself a really interesting thing, yeah.
1: We're kind of running out of the time that I had hoped we would have oh, for no. some questions. I do want you to speak about one more thing. Yeah. And that is your decision to cast your lead character. Oh, um, yes all casts in ballets are always double cast or triple cast or whatever and you made a very conscious and interesting choice Mm -hmm. so talk about that
0: Um, so for our protagonist character which is the first person you'll see come out of the curtain is cast for both Max and Lauren so um, obviously they have different genders uh, which I think was just really fun Um, I know seeing seeing the ballet only one time you guys wouldn't pick up that it would be created for two genders, but all of their steps, with the exception of, I think there are two moments that we made different decisions for them based on who they are as dancers. Um, but all of their steps are the same. Lauren lifts Vitor. It's Lauren tonight, so you'll get to see her lift Vitor a little bit. Um, Max gets lifted by Sean, thrown around. Um, I think, I think in my yeah, right. You guys are like yeah, he does. Uh, so I think I think in my um, process to carve out space for different stories and different people, audience members watching stories. I also wanted to figure out a way that we as uh, internally can um, make space for future dancers who might not fit into these labels that we're asking them to. Um, and, And I think it also, for me, it really brought to light my gender biases in how if I'm doing a potato between a man and a woman, the woman is being kind of just tossed around and the man is standing behind her and, like, lifting. You know, I I think there's there's a lot of this, which is beautiful. I think there's something really beautiful about that. Um, But at the same time, I think we can also challenge ourselves to carve out more space for people who, in the future, might not choose to be gendered, which I know can sound like a very new concept for people. But, you know, we're in the Bay Area. And I'm in the, you know, like these kids don't even have to come out. These You know, it's like all of these things. But uh, so so um, that was really enlightening for me. Uh, did I have one more thing to say on that? I'm sure I did, let's, but let's you can shut me up for now. We, we've
1: yeah. got time for one or two questions. Okay. So. No. <clears throat> Make it oh. count. Okay. Quick recap. Um, we know how we have responded to watching the dancers um, in the caps in the glasses. Mm-hmm. How did the dancers feel when they had gone past the first dress rehearsal and knew what this was going to be?
0: I, I mean, I can't speak for them. I mean, I will, but I can't. Um, but uh, I think, I mean, it's interesting because they, you know, we've built these two groups that uh, are obviously cordial but still adversarial. Um, and I think they told me that by the time they were in their unitards and caps and glasses, they really kind of felt pride in their color that they were. And, and kind of were all making, you know, making decisions. Be And this is exactly kind of what I wanted to say with this ballet, is that if we're given this identity, there's an amount of pride we carry with it. Um, and it's just at what expense to other people, you know? And of course, nobody was beating people up in real life. I hope not. But, uh, but that was really interesting to me alone, is just is just seeing everybody get into character and. No, I don't know if it was that extreme, but you know, I think it was definitely, it was interesting. Yeah.
1: I'm going to invite just one more question. Okay, so it's a wonderful question that we get frequently, and that is how ballets are recorded for posterity and for teaching to the next. So, in a real twenty-five words or less.
0: Okay. What would you say? Um, so I think. There have there does exist a notation for choreograph- choreography, and it's not widely used because there are actually a few in uh, in process. That there's just no monopoly on that. Um, and I think video has been a really beautiful way to uh, record performances, although they can be flawed. So therefore, not always right, right, you guys. Um, but I think. So for me, I keep a notebook of everything, um, and I think it's important. Like I think something really special about dance is that you can't YouTube it and learn it. Like it's it's. And back to this mentorship program, that was kind of the whole idea behind this Rolex mentorship program. That um, the the actual act of engaging with another person and maybe a, a past generation about. Uh, le- Gaining the skills to do the thing that we do is really important in order to keep the art rich and vibrant and alive. Um, So as much as we use video, and I I have notebooks and I can send notes to people, I really prefer to have me or somebody I trust set the work so we can both set it accurately, but also make decisions for the individual dancer that's dancing it, because um, it might change with every cast, really. And I think that's also something that's been interesting about working with both a man and a woman in the same role, uh, is that we can make decisions based on their own techniques and where they access their own power. Um, That's not an effort to erase their gender, but actually to kind of celebrate their own individual techniques, but in the same space um, and in the same capacity.
1: This is a complex question, actually, yeah. with complex answer, which uh, we do kind of enjoy talking about a lot, because yeah. transmitting our art, which is ephemeral by nature, to the future, which was kind of where this whole thing started, our Isn't whole conversation yeah. about going, <laughs> going to the future. <laughs> Unfortunately, um, the gongs are about to ring. And so before we send you all off, I just want to remind those of you who came in late that we... I'm in conversation with choreographer Miles Thatcher. You'll see his work, Otherness, uh, first on this evening's program. And this is, we've just about got to the end of the season, and it's been an incredible season, all of you. I want to thank you as dancers. Thank you as audience. Enjoy tonight's performance. Thank you, guys. Thanks
0: for listening Listening to San Francisco Ballet's Meet the Artist podcast. For more podcasts and other audience engagement programming, check out sfballet.org slash explore.